Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Allison Oconee, our community care pastor, who has a fresh mug of coffee, and she's holding up her heart sign. I'm doing this thing where I'm just telling the audio listeners what what they should be seeing in their in their mind right now. We also have Cliff Tatama, our interim pastor, who's also got a mug of coffee. And Scott Hetherington, who is not going to be drinking coffee but water. He's making a responsible choice, it looks like. <laughs> Scott is joining us uh, because he is a part of the elder team, and he spoke on Sunday. Um, today I will uh, pull back the curtain and uh, break the movie-making magic. We're actually recording this less than an hour after we uh, had church. So... Um, so I don't have to pretend like yesterday. Yeah, exactly. No need no need to say You're wearing uh, the same yeah. shirt as you were on That's Sunday. That's true. Yeah. 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 The I continuity have, will be amazing. Wardrobe options. I was going to say, man, it's Wednesday and you're wearing the same shirt, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Scott, you picked up uh, in verse 17. Yes, that was the bridge verse to get us into the rest of this, yeah. Cool. Okay, so um, last week was Cliff, correct? Correct. Cliff, so uh, before we hop into Scott's message, where did you um, leave off that uh, Scott would pick up this week? Actually, in verse 17, like he like wow. he said, uh, wow. I kind of covered the first part of it, but then actually left open the last part that talks about sharing in Christ's suffering mm-hmm. to also share in his glory. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so then, then Scott picked up the theme of suffering going forward from there. So yeah, and yeah. you you got to talk about sharing and inheritance and um, adoption and adoption, and then Scott got to just take all those good feelings and fun things to talk about <laughs> and go straight into suffering. Be the, yes, be the Debbie Downer. Yeah. <laughs> Someone like to old SNL Welcome sketch. to the family. Let me yeah. tell you how hard it's going to be now. That's right. I liked That's how right. you started your sermon by saying you got pick. You know, you yeah. you got the short straw. Yes. And yeah. so everybody else gets the fun ones, and you have yep. to talk about. Yeah. Suffering. I, yeah, I don't know if that's true, but I like to give grief when I can. Yes, yeah. mm. it's good. So, um, Scott, at what point in the in the week were you? Uh, did you realize the the difficulty of sharing this message with just the subject matter of suffering? When Cliff emailed me about a month ago with it. Okay. <laughs> so you've had a month to kind of sit with. Well, I shouldn't say that because I really didn't start thinking about it too deeply until. Yeah last week and then more this mm-hmm. week, but it it probably wasn't until I tried many nights this week to sit and reflect and get things put together, but I didn't really get it pulled together until Friday night and then yeah. spent more time on it Saturday. And so, and but I, I knew of, it was going to be a heavy one because Roman, Romans mm-hmm. is just, Romans is like a pre-law book. It's just <laughs> thick with all sorts of stuff for Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've been saying that every week, how dense and, um, chock full of theology Romans is so you reminding people that yeah it is it, it's not a it's not a beach read at all you're not picking out Romans and just relaxing <laughs> no, no. I think it's smart too though because as we've said so many times mm-hmm. here that prepping a sermon is like the lecture in the lab yeah. you have the 
teacher has to like experience it. Mm -hmm. So pushing off a sermon prep on suffering is actually very smart of you. (laughs) Right? You closed your window on how much suffering you were going to have to endure beforehand. So I suffered through creating a message about suffering. Yeah, I love it. You know what, Allison? You talking about that when when I was looking at the overall who's going to teach on what, right? And then I saw that and I thought, well, whose life is like going so good that they need to have a lesson taught to them? And I thought, we're going to have Scott teach on suffering because I sure don't want to. <laughs> right. Let's give that gift to someone else. It's yes. <laughs> yes. a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Lucky, lucky you. <laughs> so uh, I, want to, uh, I want to talk about your first point, Scott, which I believe, if, I believe this is your first point. Um, Eternal perspective provides hope in persevering through our present suffering, which is almost kind of like a Dr. Seuss line. It's a lot of the preserving perspective, um, present suffering. At what point in your uh, scripture, or not your scripture, your sermon writing process did that point um, jump out at you? Um, That was more Friday when I was trying to like, I like, I like, is it alliteration? Yeah, alliteration. Yep. I do like to channel my Dr. Seuss. Yes. I will not eat them, Sam. I am. I will not eat green <laughs> eggs and ham. <clears throat> but I, I just was trying to. Fr- I, I frame that word, that paragraph, or whatever that statement, several different ways. But I was trying to get the idea of. I wrestled with the word provides. Like, does it give us hope? Does it? So I was just trying to think of a way to say that. And I think alliteration stick with people a little bit more. So. I grabbed, there was part of that statement that came from um, C.S. Lewis about this. If you're going to step into an eternal perspective with God, you need to understand the temporary world that you're stepping out of. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't correlate because mm-hmm. they don't go together. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we keep trying to combine this temporary world with an eternal perspective and it doesn't work. Right. So that's where I came up with that. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious because... That sentence alone, I feel like you could unpack for a while, right? Um, right. You could talk about eternal perspective. You could talk about persevering through and then also present suffering. What, maybe just for my own understanding, when you talk about an eternal perspective, what does that mean in a daily, uh, you know, going to work, uh, doing stuff at home, making dinner? What does an eternal perspective look like in a daily life? Um, I can give you my, my answer to that right now. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's changed over my lifetime. And 10 years from now, when I have more life experience of wisdom, it might be even a little bit deeper. But I think, mm-hmm. I think for me, what, what I was hoping to do today and to answer the question is, I've tried to arrive at a place in my walk with God and what I do in life and everything we're going through is that there's a bigger story to tell. And I'm just part of that story. And in my role as a principal, I can, as a believer, I get to be at school all day long around students, staff, and families, and everything I do there should somehow be a representation of Christ's love, compassion, empathy, justice, advocacy mm-hmm. for all that. Because really, at the end of the day, the story isn't about Scott. It's mm-hmm. about, did Scott's life lead people to the foot of the cross? Mm-hmm. And then they can decide what they want to do with that information and that choice there at the cross. Because yeah. for me, we're created for God's glory. But I don't think you, I don't think we ever fully grasp that. I think there's mm-hmm. moments in life we have a better hold of that. But I think when I think of an internal perspective, is that there is life beyond this. And it's almost like surreal to think that way. Yeah. But it's not like 
I'm living only for the future, but I realize that what I'm doing now impacts others around me for eternity as well. Mm. And hopefully that's what my life people will say when I'm gone is that I tried to live in a way that just didn't help people in the moment, but also help them beyond that. Yeah. Beyond just their present suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm curious because with eternal perspective, what was There's that, Allison? There's an awkward Allison. pause there, Allison. You're just thinking <laughs> okay. I'm going to be fighting tears like this whole day, this yeah. whole conversation. Yeah. So if I go silent, it's probably like just, <laughs> just a little for Clem. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. It's just a very meaningful passage to mm-hmm. walk through. It was a yeah. very meaningful sermon. And mm-hmm. um, thank you. So anyhow, yeah. and tears if, are close. And, 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 and if you do not think of, if you don't think of it from an eternal perspective, from what's beyond our life mm-hmm. here, then honestly, the faith, the Christian faith, lacks a lot, right? Yeah. If you stop there, because what you were talking about with that scripture, it says, if you do the suffering, the wonderful part is the suffering stops, mm-hmm. right? but the glory does not. Mm-hmm. And that for us is such an... So if, without thinking of that from an eternal perspective, you don't have that peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you don't... if And believe me, you can, you can get to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. So there's a balance mm-hmm. there. Um, but... To me, if you if you're not if you don't understand where the role your life plays in the bigger grand story of God and who He is and His vastness, then you really can shrink down to just a neurosis of narcissism about mm-hmm. why is it why is it about this is about me and what I need to get and you're not doing this for me, God, and you're not doing that. And those are valid conversations we have to have with God at times because they're frustrating. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. This really is about we are salt and light and heirs of God, and we should be trying to bring more people along that path with us. Mm-hmm. So while I'm in suffering, I'm going to use my suffering to continue to minister and try to build eternity for God somehow. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. It doesn't always happen right. yeah. you know, that way, but I think that's what Paul's saying. And Paul had that eternal perspective mm-hmm. that this mm-hmm. is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, he says, I'd rather be in heaven now Yep. But I can't because my work here is not complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious because when I hear about eternal perspective and especially framing um, events that happen in life with a more Christ-like mindset, I think some of uh, my initial reaction to it is how do I relate to people um, who are going through things, and how do I live in this very temporal space with people who might be going through something really challenging and really hard because I think sometimes when you try and point things back to, you know, in eternity, all suffering will end. Well, that's all fine and good, but right now I'm actually going through something really difficult and how, you know, when you have that eternal perspective, how can you walk with somebody who is experiencing something that's very challenging right here and right now? Well, I think that's where you step out of the context of the passage we're looking at today. Mm. The context of this passage was specifically written telling the Romans and the believers that yeah. we have this 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 inheritance in Christ we're going to get. So keep that at the forefront of your mind mm-hmm. of what you're doing. But in the same moment, I tried to say at the end of the message, when we come alongside people, we need to step into empathy, compassion, yeah. advocacy, yep. and justice, and meet them where they are. I'm not mm-hmm. going to wade into the deep waters with people. I'm going to be right there, and I'm going to sit down and maybe just say nothing, just sit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just cry with them. Maybe it's like, yeah. I bet that hurts. I hear you. What can yeah. I do now? Rather mm-hmm. than 
try to solve or answer or create. Those are the conversations that come when you walk through suffering with people. Mm -hmm. You can get to those conversations. But the initial entry is, I'm here and I see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I so think, good, Scott. That's really good. Yeah, and I think normalizing it, like you did with kind of your your first of your big three points, um, is saying that all creation suffers. So whether you're a believer or you're not a believer, you're still going to suffer. Right. It's just part of life. And I think normalizing that and thinking about the fact that everyone in all of creation actually does. So it is really valid to take a hard look at how, what should our response be then. Mm. Yeah. And how yeah, do we yeah. as believers deal with it? What makes yeah. our the way that we can approach that different than the way someone who's not a believer? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that made me think just now is that I think today what I was trying to help um with Hayden was more my personal perspective yeah. when I'm going through suffering, not how do we minister and help people when they're going through suffering. Mm-hmm. I think what Paul was doing here is saying you individually don't forget you're an heir of God and with that comes suffering. But remember, there's a glory waiting for you. Mm-hmm. That needs to be my personal. So this is more of like a, how do you remind yourself of that in the moment more so mm-hmm. than we going to remind somebody else about that? Because mm-hmm. that can come across as callous and uncaring if yeah. we're not careful. But I think what I heard you say, Cliff, is we need to remember that in our own hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think just, I mean, along with what you're saying about ministering to other people too is, when you know how to minister to other people, you can handle that self-talk a lot easier, right? When mm-hmm. you are going through that mentally and internally and you're f- having those feelings of like, this is this is really tough, this is really hard, um, the same way that you would communicate to someone else who's grieving or going through suffering is a way that you would end up talking a little bit to yourself, right? And asking God, can you help me with this? Can you um, either bring someone into my life that can walk through this with me or... Um, can you give me the tools to handle this? Um, I want to jump to, uh, I don't know if you'd call them points, but maybe just kind of framing devices that you used when you said all creation suffers, all history suffers, and then God um, ordains suffering. Before I hop into that, oh. were those were those two <laughs> separate points and then a follow-up point, or were those all three kind of used to frame this passage? Because obviously history and creation fits really well, but then I'm curious, is God ordaining suffering? Is that just the, I, the third piece? This is probably where I didn't do a good job of connecting them in my message because I got a bit off script, mm. um, got a bit of Holy Spirit going there. No um, problem. Or maybe that. Scott's spirit, I don't know. <laughs> um, I see them connected, and yeah. I'll, I'll, give all, I'll give all credibility where it goes. I, I, I glean these from John Piper, mm. who's talked about this many times, and in many of his messages and podcasting, actually some of this came from when he talked at Matt Chandler's church after, shortly after he got diagnosed with brain cancer. But for me, they connect, Brian, in that all of creation suffers, all of history suffers because God created all of that mm-hmm. and he ordained it all. Mm. So if if all creation suffers and all history suffers, it must be because the creator ordained it because mm-hmm. he creates all that and he's writing all that and it's happening mm-hmm. under his approval and his omniscience. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where I was didn't get very well at connecting them, but that was my thought. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, with the... Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at your notes and I scrolled past it. But God ordains suffering... Um, what is the relationship between obviously all creation suffers and um, what was the other one? Sorry. 
history. history. Yes, thank you. Um, you hear those first two points. What's that connective, I guess, thread or tissue that gets us from history to God ordains it? And I and I um, maybe I didn't hear it well in the message, but I'm just curious if I hear those first two points. What is that big takeaway when I hear God ordains suffering? I, I was just going to say yeah. I think the big natural question is why mm, like so yeah. creation suffers history suffers yeah. then the reader or learner or listener is like why yeah. why must it be right. this way mm-hmm. that which leads into god is sovereign over this yeah so he's allowed for it and there's a purpose behind it yeah. etc he has ordained it Mm. Or I don't know. Is no, that you're the right, lead? because I yeah. did start this, I think somewhere here, I did start with, there was a question in my notes somewhere that said why, the answer that everybody wants to know is why. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I tried to wade through that question of why, but then I lost that train of thought a little bit. But I think, Brian, what I was trying to do is that the why is, let's start first of all with understanding two elements. All yeah. creation suffers. This isn't just about Christians, and it isn't just about humans. It's about mm-hmm. All creation suffers. Look at the world around us dying and what right. it goes through. Yeah. That was all subjected to God. So it wasn't just like, shame on you humans. Right. Mm. God had to subject his entire creation mm. yeah. to this, to sin now. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. that's and I wanted to that's the weightiness of what we didn't get into about this yeah. is that think about what that meant for our creator. Yeah. That everything was now subjected to sin mm. because of this choice. Yeah. And then after that, out of that, if that's so, then the history of mankind is going to be one of suffering, mm. wars, battles, disease, epidemics. And then you can come back to remember, but why, why did he make that happen? Because he ordained it. Why? Mm. Well, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. That's where I was yeah. trying to go. Yeah. Mm. And that fuzzy free choice um, thing, <laughs> yes. I liked how yeah. you manage that as well, because it gets into um, we all are suffering because mm-hmm. of man's right. choice mm-hmm. yeah. to do things his own way and not God's way, mm-hmm. uh, which goes back to that Garden of Eden thing. Um, yeah. But you were saying God had to use suffering um, to bring us to him. Right. And that goes to the verse mm-hmm. 20 where it says, for the creation was subjected to futility. Very interesting word, right? Mm-hmm. To yeah. a chasing of nothingness yeah. on right. their own, right? Not willingly. So they didn't choose it but because of him who subjected it. So that's a key phrase there. And then it says, in hope. So that's, the, that's that theological nugget in there of God subjected it. Mm-hmm. In hope, with a purpose, with a plan, with a certainty that this is going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not impetuity. And I wanted to tie it back into your impetuity yeah, like thing about that. that. Again. Yeah. But I didn't tie it back into your illustration mm-hmm. about, but God didn't just walk away then and say, I'm done with you now, which right. is what mm-hmm. deists think, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. God created it. And now we're, it's all about and us. And then now we're just on our own because God was done with it, wiped his hands with us, threw us into chaos and walked away. But that's not what God did. That's what that mm-hmm. in hope is. That in hope undermines deism. Oh, I believe in a God, but he just lets us do what we want down here. Well, no, I don't want to believe in that type of God. Right. And that's, and I I love the fact that, that biblical hope isn't, uh, you know, by guess or by golly, or maybe possibly, but that when it says in hope there, it's the certainty, it's the expectation of a certain Mm. event happening. Yeah. And, Mm. uh, so God's saying, I, yeah, it's been, I subjected it in hope with the expectation. I know where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think if I think I probably could have clarified that better, mm. um, Hayden. The ordained part is yeah. that, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Well, and I I'm not trying Big to put you. To go <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking that away. I think it, I, that's why I love the podcast is because mm-hmm. it allows us to look back and reflect on. What, where could we pull some things together? Because I'm sure people have questions. Yeah. So and that's I, why I love doing and this. And I really appreciated you bringing it back to the Garden of Eden because to me, that brought a lot of clarity to it. Right. And, and, if, and if somebody goes back and rereads yeah. that with that view in mind, I think they, that, that would be very helpful. Mm. So. Well, yeah, because we get stuck in the middle of the story. Yeah. 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 We get stuck in the middle of the struggle and we forget, why is this all happening to me? Well, there was mm-hmm. a reason why it all began. <laughs> yep. And there's going to be an end. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I'm not trying to uh to you know put the screws in and and ask why why why, but I think that's very much the human condition that we all go through of um there doesn't it doesn't feel like there's this overwhelming satisfying answer of why we go through suffering and pain. And I think the reminder that we all have to remember is I mean no amount of logic is going to make it hurt any less, right? It's right. pain and suffering is always going to be prevalent, but our first inclination is why, and and is there a reason for this? Um, and yeah, and that's what uh, that's what C.S. Lewis writes about beautifully in his essays on pain and suffering mm-hmm. and all that. Is that he he says you know human condition thinks if we know the why, and I tried to relate that a little bit to my grandma telling me you think you have a need to know you know issue. Yes, is that if we think we know the why, mm-hmm. it's going to bring some relief. It actually might not. Yeah. It actually might cause a little bit more angst and frustration on our part. Because if we truly had the view that God had Mm -hmm. of what's behind the curtain at times, we'll be like, oh my gosh, this is a bigger mess than I realized. But there was a quote from C.S. Lewis I didn't share, but it says this. Trying to exclude the possibility of suffering from which the order of nature and the existence of free will involves... And you will find that you have excluded life itself. Mm-hmm. So the, at the end of everything C.S. Lewis did, he says, I can't embrace life if I want to try to exclude suffering. That's right. Because you can't do it. Because mm-hmm. life was cast into this yep. sinful nature mm-hmm. by what happened in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. I'm curious for um, the three preachers on stage who have spoken or spoken Romans so far. And uh, I'm curious, do you guys have any idea why Paul, right before suffering, talks about inheritance? Because I think about it from maybe a thematic point. It would make more sense to put inheritance after suffering. Like, hey, you're going to go through this, but you're going to have this in the afterlife. Do you guys see either anything cool that you've, you've found through reading Romans, why it goes inheritance, then suffering, and maybe not the more um, you know, chronological process that we would think of, of suffering, then yeah. inheritance? Yeah, go ahead. Hel. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I liked how Scott said it this morning. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you get certain things with being in the family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it, yeah. When you said that, you, mm-hmm. you were talking about suffering and glory, like you get both by being in this faith family. Yeah. But of course, your mind automatically goes to your own family of origin, and you think yeah. about all the things that you got by by nature of being related to these folks. The yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> That's right. 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 And it could be inherited traits. It could be mannerisms that you have. Yep. It could be a predilection to alcoholism or addiction or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, a broad DNA <laughs> analysis of what comes with family. Yes. And suffering and glory sound like part of the inheritance. You mm-hmm. get, it's a both and. Yes. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly. I think so. He had to come with the. Uh, guess what? You're going to inherit. Yeah, you're a co-heir with with Christ, so you get to share in everything he shared in. Got some good news and some bad news. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's actually some good news, bad news, better news. Yeah, right. And I think that's for the believer. That's the thing. It's it's good news, bad news, better news. For a non-believer, there isn't the better. Right. It stops there. And so I think that perhaps uh, it would appear to me, and I don't know if this is just my own bias or, or view of it, but it would appear to me that oftentimes believers do seem to suffer more than people sometimes who are non-believers. Yeah. Yeah. But Paul here is going, but your inheritance, oh, it's going to be so great right. and so good on the other side of that, that people who don't have that, they have no hope. Yeah, and I, I always remember where Paul is writing most of his letters from. Yes. And you know, he's been imprisoned, he's been beaten. Um, he's a former murderer. So Paul always has this realism with him, this heaviness yeah. of if I say inheritance, but I don't and because when you think inheritance, you think, oh, riches, money, glory. He goes, Yes, 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 and praise God, yes. But we got to get there. And so yeah. he comes mm -hmm. back around. It makes me think, when I think of inheritance, I think of heavy as the head that wears the crown. Yes. Mm. And he's like, if we're going to get the crown, to realize there's a heaviness that comes along mm. with this. And when you step into relationship and connection with God, you are wearing something now that is amazing and is mm. going to reap you glory and is going to give you power that you never thought you could have on earth because mm -hmm. you're going to need every ounce of it. Wasn't in your section here the eternal weight of yes. glory? That our present sufferings are actually working in us, yes. that eternal weight of yeah. glory. Yeah. And so I think of why does the believer suffer so much in comparison to some others who just seem to kind of, you know, maybe they, flip, yeah. David flip asked that all the time. Without, yeah. you know, maybe a hangnail or two or, mm, you know, but right. yep. from where we sit, it sometimes looks like the believer suffers much more. Mm. But maybe it's because God is working a purpose through mm. it that is achieving that eternal weight of glory. Oh. Well, we also have to, and we didn't even get down this path of it because Paul, <laughs> I mean, Paul and Peter break this down later is because you got to remember there's also the enemy. Yes. who's continually fighting us. And he knows that if we suffer well on earth, it's mm -hmm. going to lead others to the cross, mm -hmm. back to the garden. And he's like, I don't want anything to do with that. So mm -hmm. then once you step into the relationship with Christ, not only are you going to encounter the natural, painful, sinful sufferings of the world that are out there that we can't do anything about, now you're going to have the attention of the enemy to come at you even more. Mm -hmm. So that's where Paul's whole mindset is constantly about. You've stepped into an inheritance. And when you did that, you now are you now are like targeted by the enemy. Mm -hmm. and that's what he says, put on the armor of God. Yeah. Get ready. Peter says a roaring lion seeking you. So mm. that's what we have to understand as Christians, it's a double whammy for us. Right. And that's why and that's why you're coming about your suffering. Uh your suffering is not always about you. Right. Mm -hmm. Is true on that level too. You know, sometimes it's it's just the enemy. Yes. It's got nothing to do with what you're it's it just He's throwing something in there to try and wreak havoc. Yeah. And I, I wanted to do that a little bit more, but it was getting to be already an hour-long sermon. But <laughs> that's the thing that I think that goes back to my youth group days of trying to help students understand is that 
Suffering can come at us through different doors. Mm -hmm. Something I did. Mm -hmm. Yep. Something somebody else did. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or something the enemy's doing. But don't keep saying the devil made me do it. That's not always a good out mm -hmm. either. No. Either. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I keep going back to that. You know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Mm -hmm. Because once you, the more you get into God, mm -hmm. there is a weightiness that goes with that because you're yeah. like, whoa, wow. It breaks your heart <laughs> yeah. of all that was lost. But then all that's redeemed in his mm. son for redemption and trying to trying to show that and live that to people and share that in a way. Mm. Yeah, there's a weightiness to that. I think the thing that was refreshing about this message, too, I think our culture, um, maybe in a pandemic all the more, mm -hmm. is trying to seek out the toxic positivity thing <laughs> because they're trying to counterbalance the suffering in this yeah. world. And the only way they can see fit to do that is to like throw on more glitter. Yeah. Um, but it it's <laughs> it. I, I feel like it's refreshing in uh, Eeyore kind of way or in a realism kind of way to just mm -hmm. like let's talk about suffering and without throwing on the glitter too fast. Even mm -hmm. though we have eternal glitter to look forward to, mm -hmm. which is going to be awesome. That um, holding the uh, suffering in this present world is, mm -hmm. is hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Yeah. It's heavy. It's not, it's not just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, in tracking with you. It, yeah. I, in fact, I think the essence of what he was sharing in that scripture shows is not only is it hard, it's doggone near impossible if you don't have an eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's when I know from, for myself, when I get most weighed down by that, when I get most discouraged by suffering, mm. it's when I fail to have that eternal perspective. Mm. When I get too caught up in the present and yeah. and become Eeyore. Yeah, uh, and that's what I was trying to say with that illustration. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it went well. Um, I used to, it, back in my suffering days, <laughs> I've had some suffering days, but I used to keep in mind this too shall pass was yes. one of my mantras that I kept repeating because yeah. I tried to keep thinking like it won't always be as hard as it is in mm -hmm. this moment like this this will pass but then it also served me on the flip side too in happier moments yeah. because I realized this too mm -hmm. shall pass like life isn't always blowing out a birthday cake and having the streamers yeah. fall um so like to enjoy that and mm -hmm. to press through um yeah. so yeah, yeah. And that that made me think is that some of our some of our sufferings that pain that pain never really leaves, but that's going to be part of how we minister and lead 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 others. Yes, mm -hmm. it's always going to be part of us. It. It's always going to be our story, and to get to a place where I'm going to use that story not for the evil it did to me, but for the good that God wants it to do in others. That's mm -hmm. a difficult place to get to. Mm. I think it's so awesome if we can work it out first, like in ourselves, the theology of suffering, and then focus, like you said, on how to minister yeah. to others and their mm -hmm. suffering. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a both and it happens yeah. concurrently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scott, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you've already shared a, a few items that you left out for time's sake, which, um, is always tough, right? Because especially during Romans, there's a lot of rabbit trails that you could go down because there's just so much in it. Um, is there anything else that you uh, were required to kind of put a Sharpie through or cut out for um, time's sake? 
No, I think I I think I swung through the hope things a little more quickly than I wanted to at the end. I think I had some things about the hope that we're looking forward to in God that these verses say, but I also know that Brian's going to be waiting to yeah. do some more of that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think I think I, at the end what I wanted to try to do that I don't know if I got to that as well is that you know these letters are written to the body of believers of the church. Mm-hmm. And that we don't have to go through this alone. There's a responsibility on our own part to have the right mindset. I, mm-hmm. And I wanted to tie back. That's one thing. I wanted to tie back to Allison's sermon on mindset. Mm. There's a mindset of eternity and Christ that we should have with us. But on the other end, we're collective. We need to do this together. Yeah. And I didn't want anybody thinking out there that you need to go do this all alone. Mm-hmm. Get yourself together before you come to me. No, you can come to me in a complete puddle of mess. That's yeah. okay. Because that's what Christ says. And in that mess, I'm going to learn more about myself and you and God together. Mm. Because oftentimes us ministering to others is learning just to be in the mess with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to say at the end is that we're all doing this together. I love that. So let's just make sure we've got each other's backs through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really love that. That At that moment, I felt like you went from... Um, talking to individuals to talking to a church. I I felt like Arbor was listening with their whole heart. Yeah. All of Arbor, like as a church, need to be doing this together, mm-hmm. right? And right. can you repeat how you closed out? Um, what was that last final, or was that just a spirit speaking? Do you have it in your notes? What was it? I don't. You have to jog <laughs> the my very memory. last thing when you were exhorting us to be together. Um. I don't know. My notes were, we are not in it alone. We need to support each other through it. And then you said this interesting sentence that I thought, that's a fascinating thought. We try too hard to be like God instead of just being with God. Mm. And I think if we are with God, then we're also with each other, Mm -hmm. uh, walking through that process Mm. instead of acting like we are God (laughs) with each other, which is always an uncomfortable place to be. Yeah, I'm not. Re- I'm not recollecting. Well, I think. I, I think something. what I heard with my Arbor heart is <laughs> <laughs> that, um, like, let's say we have a hundred people in the room and they're feeling siloed in their pain, mm-hmm. um, suffering mm-hmm. in their in their pain alone. I I I think there's great encouragement supporting one another and mm-hmm. reaching out and belonging to the collective here. Yeah. Um, I think people don't, I don't know, they, they underrate that mm-hmm. value that someone can add by showing up and, mm-hmm. you know, befriending or encouraging yeah. in the moment. Um, Cause we're all going through stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just felt like it, sounded like a call to the collective mm-hmm. that's what i was yeah and that that was my intent to close that way is just say you you know why we're talking about our own individual suffering how we need to have that mindset that we are in this together mm-hmm. you know you go back to garden of eden two people pulled us all into sin together mm-hmm. the way out is together with christ mm-hmm. so as we're here mm-hmm. on earth we need to be together as a body of believers helping mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. powerful i think people got that I had, yeah. I think I had three different people ask me after the service today how I was doing, and then, <laughs> and then said, and then when I said, you know, good, and then the, the response was, 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not as in I don't believe you, but as in yeah. as in are you are you really? Well, Which I, think, I thought was Scott, really. I think you neat. showed that because you were yeah. like, sometimes I wish somebody would take care of me. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I mean, you said that, and so you kind of like for a minute let that fourth wall down, and you were like, I'm I'm not just a pastor preaching here. Mm-hmm. I like am a human that has right. pain and I carry mm-hmm. pain and it helps when somebody else comes alongside. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's probably why yeah. somebody connected dots like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Church staff might even need yeah, some support. That could be it. That could be it. There's <laughs> a pastor. I'm yeah. gonna find out. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. Well, good. I hope so. I hope yeah. you all get like muffin baskets and stuff <laughs> yeah, on your right. counter in the morning or something. Well we're gonna send them to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, muffin yeah. basket. I do love my job. I probably tell too many stories that people think I don't love my job. I love my job. It's just energy and excitement and chaos every day. Yeah. So wouldn't change a thing. Well, I would change a lot of things, but <laughs> That's what the whole job's about is trying to change things and make it work a little bit better. One more muffin it might basket be the man, wouldn't it hurt. It might be the man at the wheel. That's probably the problem. <laughs> well, uh, just the question is, are you on the top of the tree right now or you're on your way down? That's the... I'm, I'm always trying oh, to Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Your story about Scott's yeah, that dead. Was good. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> my mom was here. She'd say, I heard that two or three times in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we are uh, definitely close to quitting time for the podcast. So before we um, say goodbye, is there anything that you guys would uh, like to dive into a little bit deeper or uh, maybe just some clarifying thoughts before we close out? All right. Maybe next time we assign Scott something, we should assign him something happy. (laughs) But you did the last time, the Christmas sermon, I came to him with an idea and I ran with it. So that was happy for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Every yes. other. Let's be hey, nice I to brought Scott. Tigger into it for a moment. Tigger <laughs> is nothing but yes. happiness. I like that, that was a first here at Arbor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching the follow up podcast, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>